Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslender. This message is from the series Jesus in the Gospel of Luke and was preached on February 20th, 2022. Hey, we get today to a very beautiful passage in the Gospel of Luke. It's about the baptism of Jesus, the public announcement of Jesus' ministry. Now understand in the Old Testament, as early as Genesis chapter 3, there are hints of the coming of the Messiah. The Old Testament is full of prophecies that at the right time, God would send a Savior, a Messiah. And already in the New Testament, in our study so far, we've heard from priests, angels, prophets, and shepherds that the promised Messiah was here and that he was and is more than a man. Now, 30 years prior to the baptism, this talk about the Messiah had begun to increase thanks to people like Zacharias and Elizabeth and Mary and Joseph and Simeon and Anna and the shepherds and the Magi. And then John the baptizer came and began to preach that the Messiah was here right at the door. And then at the baptism of Jesus that we're going to read about today, God himself, with a voice from heaven and with the Spirit coming down as a dove, announced that Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the Son of God. Now, I've had the privilege as a pastor to participate in hundreds of baptisms, but there has never been one, and there never will be one like the baptism of Jesus. I will say, though, that my fondest memories as a pastor are baptisms. I've baptized in churches, many of them right here. I've baptized in Lake Mojave. I've baptized in the Colorado River. I've baptized in a variety of marinas. I've baptized in backyard swimming pools. I've backyard, I, I baptized in a large municipal swimming pool with slides coming down. They stopped the slides for about 10 minutes when we did the uh, baptism. I baptized in water so hot that it steamed, and a good friend of mine named Paula came out beet red, and I baptized in water so cold that it took your breath away, and I was unable to speak for a few seconds. I baptized in small groups with a dozen or so people, and I baptized in a river on a public beach where it was So cool because hundreds of people, literally hundreds of people, stopped their boats, came in to watch. Jet skis came in to see what was going on. Crowds of people, not from the church on the sand, came over and watched a baptism respectfully. So I've been some pretty impressive baptisms. I accidentally, one time, unknowingly, except the two teenagers in the, the tank with me knew it, I accidentally baptized a lizard with them. And once they got over their shock, they thought it was cool, and their father caught it for them and took it home, and they laid claim to it in their terrarium as the only living Baptist lizard. But I don't know about that or how that works, but nothing beats the baptism of Jesus. And so as we read it, I want you to understand it. I want you to understand baptism, and when you're ready, I'd be honored to baptize you. 
So we're going to read about Jesus' baptism, and they're going to read a part of his genealogy that Luke gives us. It's in Luke chapter 3, verses 21 through 38. I'm not going to read all of that, but enough to give you a sense of the baptism and then the genealogy. Let's stand together as we read. Luke chapter 3, beginning with verse 21. And I am afraid that my clicker has died, Amanda, so you're up on the, uh, the screen there. When all the people were being baptized, this is by John the baptizer. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased." Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. He was the son, so it was thought, of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Mathat. And then I'm going to skip down to the end of the genealogy, which goes all the way, no, let me give that back, back one here, all the way down to verse 38. The son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. You may be seated. And now we'll go on to the next slide there. It was an incredible day. Understand what was going on. John was baptizing thousands, and Jesus came to him and requested baptism. Matthew tells us that John at first declined. No, I need to be baptized by you. It's not right for me to baptize you, Jesus. But Jesus said it was the right thing to do, and so John consented. And as Jesus came out of the water praying, the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form as a dove, and God proclaimed from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Note that it was a, a trinity moment. Jesus in the water, the Holy Spirit come down like a dove, God's voice from heaven. And I would have loved to have been there. I always wondered, what was the voice of God like? I imagine a very deep, deep voice that was so loud and deep that maybe the mountains trembled and the water rippled as a result. But it also conveyed a couple of things, both the holiness and the love of God. And so the tone had to have been incredible. I wish I could imitate it for you, but I just don't have that kind of voice. So use your imagination. My hunch is two things would be happening. The voice would be so loud and deep that you'd kind of want to cover your ears and then open them back up because you didn't want to miss a word of what God might say. But that's enough speculating about the voice. I want you to understand some things that happened at the baptism of Jesus why was he baptized? What does he tell us? And the first thing that I want you to see that Jesus was doing was Jesus was identifying as one of us, as a human being. Now, I want you to understand something about Jesus' baptism. He did not have to be baptized. John's baptism was a symbol of repentance, a turning away from sin, and Jesus had committed no sin. He had never had a lack of faith that had to be restored. He was God, and he is God, and he understood 
all those things. So he wasn't being baptized for the same reason as everybody else. What he was being baptized was to identify with us. This was in part his coming out, his announcement to the world, the moment that he went from the obscurity of small family life in a small town of about 400 people to the world's stage where people would decide to either love him or hate him. And many then and now would come to him for healing and hope and restoration and renewal and faith and life. And this was his first public moment. But as part of that moment, he was purposely identifying with common, everyday, ordinary people like you and I. People who had gone to John the Baptist and said, I need to repent. I need to return to God. It was one way of Jesus saying, listen, I am a human being. I am one of you. And Jesus did what he did throughout his ministry. He led not by pointing us, but by leading us. And so when Jesus said, as he did often, follow me, and he did this in baptism and in everything else, he led from the front. I came like other human beings. I was born like other human beings. I grew up like other human beings. I obeyed my parents like other human beings. I worked at a job, in his case a carpenter, like other human beings. I came of age. I was baptized like other human beings. I had to deal with people who hated me like other human beings. I was betrayed like other human beings. I was both loved and hated like other human beings. And I died like other human beings. At every step, including right here at his baptism, he was identifying with us. Not a God from above, but a God who came down and lived with us. Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And he started right at the front end of his ministry by being baptized, even though he didn't have to, to show us what to do and how to do it. Only you older people will know who Paul Harvey was. I love the story he told on the radio every year at Christmas. Some of you will remember it. You've heard it. It's the story of the man and the birds. Seems a man from a small town up north didn't believe in Jesus. So he refused to go. He just took a stand and told his family, I'm not going to church this Christmas Eve. You all go ahead. I don't believe that stuff, but you all go on. But in his heart, he wasn't a bad man. And as he sat there on an unusually cold Christmas Eve, he looked out his picture window and he saw birds in a tree freezing to death. And he thought, I had to do something for him. And he went out to, to give him water, but it was frozen. And he threw out some bird seed, but they were so cold they weren't interested in eating. And he decided, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to open my barn. It's warmer in there. And they'll go in there and they'll be saved. And so he opened his barn, but the birds didn't understand. They stayed in the tree freezing. And so he left a trail of breadcrumbs and bird seed right up to the barn, but they didn't understand and they didn't go in. And he went out and he tried to shoo them into the barn, but they only kind of jumped up and then settled back down in the tree when he left. 
And he went in totally discouraged, unable to help the birds. And he thought, man, if only I could be a bird, I could lead them into the barn. And as soon as he thought that, the whole gospel of Jesus became clear. Because that's what God did. He came down to live as one of us and lead us. He didn't shout at us from heaven. He didn't just throw down rules and commandments. He didn't try to scare us into salvation. He came and he lived like us. And so this is part of what was happening at the baptism. Jesus was identifying as one of us. And secondly, the second thing that happened was that he was, or God was identifying Jesus as my son. So that there would be no question Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record the voice of God. It was God who identified Jesus as not just the Messiah, but as his son. It's like God was saying, listen, it's that one right there, the one coming out of the water. That is my son, Jesus. I love him. With him, I am well Please. This was not a man's interpretation. This was not a prophet. It wasn't anything that required a deep, deep knowledge of God's word and years of analytical study. This was God himself, not a man, saying, he is my son. And so the identification came from God, and that's something that happened at the baptism right up front. You believe he is the son of Mary and Joseph. He is my son. And so God identified him as the son of God. Now later, and I love this, and we'll get to it in Luke chapter 9. Later in front of Peter and James and John, God's voice spoke again and said almost exactly the same thing on the Mount of Transfiguration. And we'll read about that. But the three disciples Peter, James, and John, now believers, were in awe. And they heard God's voice say the same thing. This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And then God added something that believers need to listen to. Three more words. Listen to him. This is my son. I love him. I am well pleased with him. Listen to him. Peter, listen to him. James, listen to him. John, listen to him. Jack, listen to him. Church, listen to him. He knows what he speaks of because he is me. And so then Luke goes on to the genealogy. And the third thing is that we see Luke's identification both as son of God and son of man. So he gives a human genealogy of Jesus on Joseph's side, going all the way back to Adam. And so understand what he's doing. Now that we have established, he didn't give it at the beginning like Matthew did. He, he waited until this point to give the genealogy. Now that we have established that Jesus is the Son of God, let me remind you that he is also a man and a human being. He is a Jew. He is a descendant of King David. He is a descendant of Abraham. He's descendant of Noah and Methuselah and Enoch and Seth and Adam. And so the Bible teaches that Jesus is both God and that he lived as a human being. That's unlike anyone else who has ever lived or ever will live. He's both 
and Luke is setting the record straight for us. So understand what's happening here. This is Jesus being publicly identified, Jesus publicly identifying himself. Hey, I'm a human being. If I'm going to lead you, I'm going to live just exactly as you do and just as I am being baptized, so I'm going to want you to be baptized. This was God saying, that one right there, Jesus, he is my son. Listen to him and Luke giving us the doctrine. He is both the son of God and he lived completely as a man. So that's who Jesus is. What does that teach us? I want to give you two practical steps. And step number one is pretty simple, and you could understand where I'm going. Choose to be baptized once you have put your faith and trust in Jesus. Being publicly baptized is your way of stating who you are. I am a follower of Jesus, and I want the world to know. It's your coming out celebration as a disciple of Jesus. It's your declaration to the world that you have made up your mind and that you have chosen to follow him. And because of what it is, then our church, we practice baptism as Baptist a little differently than do some other denominations. First of all, we, we, we practice Christian baptism. Believing in Jesus comes first. You put your faith and trust in Jesus, and then you are eligible to be baptized. Baptism does not make you a Christian, but it is your way of saying, I'm a believer. Jesus is in my heart. I've decided to follow him, and I will, and now I am making that choice public. So we practice Christian baptism. Now, now listen to this next part, because this is the word we use, but I need to explain it. We also practice adult baptism. I don't mean an age-related thing, because we'll baptize children, teen, and adults. But we don't baptize anyone until they are old enough to understand and to make their own decision to believe in Jesus. It's a personal decision, this coming to faith. It's often taught in the family.